This is why I actually took the time to take a shower. It clears out most of that. Mm-hmm. Just for you guys. Wah. I'm doing Christy now. Wah. <laughs> Wah. She actually goes for it a little bit. There's there's some gusto. Yeah, there. she just, Wah. Wah. <sighs> okay. Well, this is not going to be easy without her, but uh, she would have wanted us to proceed. R.I.P. Yeah. We didn't tell her to drink the water. That mm-hmm. was her own fault. Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast celebrating the radio show turned podcast Too Beautiful to Live. I'm Bobby Pape in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, and joining me this morning, your co-hosts in Dallas, Texas, Meredith Mahan. Mahan. Good morning, Meredith. Hi, Bobby. I'm taking out the Y. Okay. I want people to be able to find you on Twitter. It's just easier this way. That's your right. Okay. And in Austin, Texas, Mike Frizzle. Good morning, Mike. Hey, Good morning. And you know, Bobby, <laughs> since Emily got the cancers, I've become the cook around here. And believe me, it's a grind. I don't have to tell you, Meredith, as the lady of your house, that cooking three meals a day for your partner is not only an obligation, but also a challenge. Coming up with new recipes is not my strong suit. So I was really pleased to discover Blue Apron this year. Blue Apron is looking after me this holiday season with their new regional favorites and holiday classics menu. Just last week, they sent me all the ingredients to make one of Emily's favorites from her time in Seattle, and that's the Taco Time-ish Crispy Chicken Burrito. They sent me all the ingredients, already measured out because I'm a moron, and I just rolled up that tortilla and dropped it in the deep fat fryer that I recently purchased with the last $17,000 of our life savings. And let me tell you, Bobby and Meredith, between that burrito and the heavily seasoned Mexi-ish fries, we won't need to worry about living much longer over here. Go to blueapron.com right now to sign up and not only get 10% off, but also get one free regional favorite. And if you enter the promo code Jello Nightmare, Blue Apron will send you the ingredients for one of Christie's mom's holiday classic recipes. Blue Apron, not just for people who pretend to like kale and quinoa anymore. Back to you, Bobby. Quinoa. Quinoa. I was so amazed when I found out after years of talk about Mexi fries that they're just tater tots. <laughs> they're not. Just tater They're tots, amazing. Bobby. They are They're seasoned. seasoned tater tots. The, and deep fried tater, tater, tater tots. tots. Screw the oven baked They're deep fried tater, tater tots. tots with a little Ortega uh, taco <laughs> seasoning. How dare you? And, How dare you? That may happen outside of the, the Seattle-Tacoma <laughs> corridor, but inside, it's magic seasoning. It's magic time. Get a rope. Yeah. <laughs> Let's kill this. Uh, thank you. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Meredith. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a little off my game pronouncing your names at the intro because I usually introduce Christy Wise first. And Christy is mm-hmm. no longer with us this week. No. She's still alive. Because she chose Mexico over Little Red Bandwagon. And mm-hmm. I'm a little upset about it. 
Uh, but we will muddle on. Who leaves Seattle? Who who in the right mind leaves Seattle when it gets dark at three and rains every day? <laughs> who in the right mind would do that? We're going to do some LRB business followed by your week in review, including your clip of the week. Then some housekeeping without Christy. That's going to be tough and how to get involved. Uh, but we'll start with your little red bandwagon business. And it is this. Um, Mike, Meredith, how are you guys doing with your seasonal holiday shopping? Hmm. 50%. 50%. Do you have something for Duff yet? No, he doesn't want anything. He's the hardest person in the world to shop for, so I just well, gave up. I have a solution for you. Uh, it's not quite as charismatic as Mike's pitch for Blue Apron, but uh, you may know this. We have Little Red Bandwagon and 10 stickers for sale on our website at littleredbandwagon.com. And if you order them this week, we will get them in the mail to you in time for Christmas if that's the holiday of your choosing. So mm. check out littleredbandwagon.com. Our special Christmas offer for you is that they are still available. So Little Red Bandwagon <laughs> and 10 stickers, go buy them. Help us pay for our recording costs and hosting and all that nonsense. Uh, and give the joy of stickers in your life today. So there you go. And with that, we'll move on to our Week in Review. We'll start with Monday, episode number 2005, A Pocket of Livability, uh, beginning with Luke calling himself the LeBron of home broadcasting, which I feel like is mm. probably an overstatement. Um, yeah, I would say, uh, who, who's the guy in, in L.A. who gets all the people on his show? Oh, I um, mean in his garage? Um, uh, yeah. Mark Barron, I've heard of him. Mark yeah. Maron, really. I mean, I don't care for him, but if you had to <laughs> say there's a LeBron of home podcasting, I mean, right. come on. I don't know where Leo Laporte does his from. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, Mark Maron's the LeBron of home broadcasting. Someone else is probably the Steph Curry. I feel like that's an even better, more timely reference. Luke could be like the Scotty right. Pippen of home broadcasting. Uh, maybe like the Kevin Durant of podcasting from a dilapidated shed <laughs> we're all in awe uh and jealous of the pocket of livability that that carrie really has created uh mm -hmm. in bellingham that perfect picture of that one little area of their living room featuring their aluminum christmas tree and since his the season uh i was curious when i heard this are you guys real tree people or fake tree people meredith um, I was a real tree person my whole life. Uh, my family always got real trees when I was growing up. And then when I got married, I married a man who's allergic to everything on earth. Mm. So we now have an artificial tree, um, which was a hard transition for me. I feel kind of cheap about it, but uh, it doesn't give him asthma attacks. So I guess it's worth it. I guess. Uh, I too was a real tree person up until recently. And, and I have to say it was an easy transition for me as the person who had to do a lot of the maintenance around the tree being getting into and, and being taken care of in the house. So uh, I don't participate that much in the putting together and the decorating um, as much as I was, I did when I was a kid because uh, Cullen and Emily take care of most of that usually while I'm at work. Um, but I'm, I'm happy. I like the artificial tree. I don't mind it at all. I miss the smell. That's the only thing. Uh, yeah, I do too. And I usually get some real garlands and hang them over the fireplace. Mm -hmm. And that's somehow okay. Yeah. Yeah, that just sounds like a mild fire hazard. That sounds like something Colin would do. Right. And then he would put the garlands <laughs> on the kitchen counter and blister it. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, boy, oh boy. <laughs> um, 
we have a real tree. Um, growing up, we sort of alternated. When I was young, we had a really cheap fake tree. And then as I got older, I think into high school, we started getting real trees more. Um, this year, we were really um, sort of noncommittal about it. I think because it's been really warm here. It's been like 60 degrees the last few days. And it hasn't snowed yet at all in New England, really. Um, I think just... Yeah, I don't know about uh, you, Meredith, but our, our air conditioning kicked on last night at like <laughs> yep. 9 o'clock at night. I woke so. up sweating, so I turned it on. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Uh, yes. Global warming. Uh, so we just, we almost didn't have a tree, and we just hadn't gotten around to getting one, and we've been busy, and we're going to be up at Sam's parents' house the weekend before Christmas, and we're going out to Western New York the weekend after Christmas, and we're just busy. But uh, we can sort of mix the days here and just have tree talk all at once. Andrew's talk about surprising Genevieve with a Christmas tree actually inspired me to surprise Sam with a Christmas tree. So I went and got us a real tree this year um, and tied it to the top of the Toyota Yaris because I had nothing to lose. And I (laughs) drove it a few blocks back to the house from the tree place. Sam had said it would be okay to get a fake tree this year, but we've always been real tree people. And I felt like the way she said that would have been like giving in and Mm -hmm. I didn't want to give in because I had permission to give in. So basically on my pride, I went and bought us a Christmas tree without telling Sam. Bobby, you have the rest of your marriage to give in. So fight fight against the dying (laughs) of that light. And then let it sit there for several days before Sam finally decorated it because I don't, I don't have the skill. It'll look terrible if I try to do that that, that stuff. That's the thing too. It's not so much I mind doing it. It's just, I'm, Pretty terrible yeah. at it. Um, quite a Facebook page frenzy over the diffuser thing that Carrie uses to make the house smell like real Christmas trees, though. Luke gave a really good sales pitch for that, and uh, she was called on for her expertise by literally tens of people on the stands. The I, u- I use one because I miss the pine smell. Um, so between that and the, the garlands, it does a pretty good job. It feels pretty festive, even with a fake tree. Uh, Speaking of faking it, I want to talk about the Cricket magazine ad that started running this week. It might have run a little bit the week before, but Mm. this is the one where Andrew's talking about getting a gift for the neighbor kids. (laughs) God, I hope he's just saying that for the ad. (laughs) I know. Hey, hey, guy who uh, bitches at me about smoking. I've been thinking about your kids a lot this year. (laughs) What? What? These are the kids that he's annoyed with for right. playing outdoors, right? right? He, here, here's a here's a subscription to a magazine so your kids will go inside and shut up. <laughs> you know what's cheaper than getting your kids hooked on smoking? A subscription to Cricket Magazine. <laughs> yeah, this that ad that that Cricket Magazine ad that's running now rings way more fake than mine. I actually I enjoy the absurdity. Of their spots. This is just like when Luke talks about all the delicious Blue Apron meals and has right, been living sure. in a house without a kitchen for the last six months. <laughs> right. And even when he had a kitchen, he didn't know where the stove was. Yeah. I mean, no. come on. Uh, I mean, none of them are as creepy as the Me Undies ads. And I think it was Friday's show that I just listened to. <laughs> Does he say he's getting a he's getting Susie some Me Undies? Yes. I had to fast forward through these. <clears throat> well, you missed it. him saying that his mom wants some me undies and he says he's going to buy them and give them to her and say these are not me undies they are you undies i i think she's misunderstood i think she wants free undies (laughs) (laughs) speaking of free stuff that nobody wants 
they're giving away one of the free loot crates that they got as part of their promotion. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, I, I, I thought about doing a spot for loot crate. And one of the things that I was going to say was if you have somebody in your life, like who's, who's so organized and you go over to the house and it kind of annoys you how neat and how organized they are, start mailing them a bunch of crap like bark box <laughs> and loot crate and just drive them out of their minds with stuff that they'll have to get rid of somehow those snack companies, yeah. whatever they are, the healthy snack, you know, just send them one thing a day that they have to worry about getting rid of. Um, I usually try to support the sponsors. You guys know that I have a pair of me. Yeah. I wore them for a recent recording session, but I can't, I can't get my rag. I can't do cricket. And I can't do loot crate. I don't have anyone I want to send cricket to. And the thought not the neighbor kids that you've been watching out the window you know you don't send them again they just never stop with that goddamn I think that trampoline. sends a bad message i would be more than happy if they would go inside and stop with the trampoline sure they'd probably just grab their tablets and and do their trampoline while they're reading their cricket That's out true. loud loudly and then the loot crate somebody said it's just the stuff they couldn't sell like it's mm. the theme yeah. is galaxy because of star wars Oh my god. How long can it last? I don't know. I wonder how many geek things are there. Are they getting a check for doing the spots or are they getting like $2 on every loot crate sold with the TBTL code? Because I get it. I'm sure there are a lot of tens who are probably into that kind of stuff and this is not meant to insult you. I'm just amazed that you wouldn't want I'm talking right to these tens now. I'm amazed you wouldn't want to just go buy the stuff you want and not Right. <laughs> and and even if you are um you know you're into the science fiction and the nerdy stuff how much if if you don't get the loot crate and no one, no one buys you the loot crate how much stuff are you buying a month not that much stuff i'm guessing no. right and there's also just such a generic quality to it that would be like if they made a loot crate for sports and it was like every month <laughs> right, you're gonna right. get a box of stuff that's <laughs> sports because you like sports hey i got a golf ball <laughs> uh, how about that uh, I like sports. Look at that. I got a golf ball there. All right. Oh, uh, the top story was that physician in Turkey who's in trouble because of the Gollum meme about the leader of Turkey. The important part here is that David Burbank came on and is a goddamn expert in Lord of the Rings. Oh, my God. Yes. That was amazing. Um, yeah. I, like Andrew, can appreciate someone who knows what they're talking about and is passionate about it. I still had no idea what the hell was going on for about 20 minutes. <laughs> oh, me neither. <laughs> no, no. But it did It did strike me every time they have David Burbank on, and we've had him on too, that he is smart and he's funny and we know he's thin. I think he's just everything that Luke wants to be. I think Luke really wants to be David Burbank. Yeah. Well, I think we've talked about alternate TBTL universe pairings for hosts like oh, right. who's the yeah. next generation of TBTL, who, who would it be? David and Addy, I know, has come up as a set that would probably mm -hmm. be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, Addy's a, a lot like Luke, you know, kind of uh, scattered and funny and partying and whatever. And David is, is more of a hybrid of somebody organized like Jen right. and somebody mm -hmm. funny like Luke. Uh, that and then the ladies. I mean, someday a, a Genevieve and Carrie cast would be a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, but enough daydreaming. We we go into this episode with the TBTL we have, not the TBTL we want. Um, <laughs> it's the T- we get the TBTL we deserve, which is not yeah. not great. Which is this week. <laughs> uh, Andrew when, uh, played us some Jethro Tull. That was unfortunate. Uh, mm. No point conversion featuring Stubot might be the best way to do no point conversion. Stubot should just come back every Monday. Yeah, he did it uh, very early on when they got on uh, IG and he was really good and they just never had him back until <clears throat> now. But part of it because he was not with IG anymore. Right. But yeah, having someone on the no point conversion who knows about sports um, is really helpful. Right. I think to the list. Yeah. Good poll. Uh, even, <laughs> even through the Vikings loss that he suffered through. Oh, um, I mainly wanted to bring this up to ask you, Mike Meredith, I have a feeling you don't care as much. Uh, I didn't even listen to it. What are your opinions on, on network TV cutting to a different game in a blowout? Mm. Cause this um, personally impacted you. I, it did because I got the Minnesota Seattle game because you know, it was sort of like a playoff preview or um, kind of, uh, you know, two teams that are going to be fighting to get in. So it was an appealing game to the uh, market here. And Dallas wasn't on until the afternoon. So they put on the Seattle-Minnesota game. And when Seattle went up, I think it was 28 to nothing, they switched us to the Bears in San Francisco. And I, it made me mad because, you know, I'm like, I like to watch my team as much as I could. But you know, I understand. I mean, there aren't that many people from Seattle in this market watching the game. There were just people, Austin people watching the game and they'd rather watch right. a good game. So I can't ask, ask the network to make a decision based on me. It's based on, you know, the collective and the collective would probably rather see a competitive game, even if it was a San Francisco 49 Yeah, but it's not like they were playing a, a hapless opponent. The Vikings were like eight and three or something going into that to the, into that game. They, they were, they were, but their defense was decimated by injury and it was pretty obvious by the time it was like 14 to nothing. It was pretty obvious that unless something bizarre happened, Minnesota's offense was not going to score. And I don't think they did. I think they, they ended up scoring on a right. kick. Return and they did, later. Uh, they did cut to a surprisingly good game. Something I wouldn't mm-hmm. have expected if you told me we're cutting to a Bears Niners game this year. Yeah. Oh, you you say good. I say close. Yeah. Wasn't I, a particularly I, good right. game, I guess but it was that, a lot closer. Right. There, there was a, an element of uncertainty about that game. The, right. There, the outcome was in doubt right. <laughs> until the end. And that's really what the network was looking for was a game that, that where it wasn't a foregone A game conclusion. where people were actually going to stay and watch because they didn't want to miss what happened right after the next commercials. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, just a little more sports talk. Andrew's officially on the Browns tank for this year. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just went through this with hockey last season because the Sabres, I mean, actively, actively pursued a tank in the NHL, which is um, rare because of the way the draft, the draft picks shake out in the NHL. Um, you've got to have two amazing prospects coming up to make it worth it because you're not guaranteed the first draft pick. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, I was wondering about that because it, it does seem to happen in the NHL only sometimes, but I didn't know how the Yeah, the 10-second version. In the NHL, um, the bottom half teams basically get entered into a weighted lottery. 
to figure out who gets the first draft pick. The worst you are, the better positioning you have in the lottery, but it's not guaranteed. And it seems to always just end up going to the Oilers no matter what. Um, mm-hmm. But then this... That's a very glamorous market. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's that you want the best players to be Almost playing Almost as glamorous as Buffalo, New York. Uh, but you can <laughs> you can play to the second pick, and there were two what they consider generational you know, prospects coming up. So mm-hmm. it was... I, f- frustrating because I hate being a tank fan and I sort of begrudgingly had to be at the end of the Sabre season last year. Um, mm-hmm. It seems, I guess, a little early to me to be talking tank in the NFL, although with one game a week, I guess you have to start early. Um, mm-hmm. Just sad. Just really sad. I don't, I just don't see how you could possibly, as a player, I mean, as a coaching staff, maybe you could tank, but then you're risking your job. As a player, Every week you're auditioning to be able to play another year. Right. So I, I believe maybe maybe they get disheartened faster during a game, but I think every player starts every game with as much enthusiasm. And, you know, because you're going to get hurt if you go out there and go, eh, I'm just going to just run around a little bit. Yeah. You're going to get depleted. Come on. <laughs> so I don't think there's actual tanking that goes on in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, it's. I think, I think bad teams are just right. bad. <laughs> yeah, they don't seem to get better as the year goes on. Uh, Tuesday, 2006, Doctor of Theradentistry. Oh, wait, wait. I have one more thing. I've had this on my list for the for the extra pointless for like three sure. weeks now. Andrew keeps talking about Johnny Football and, and how Johnny Football during the bye week got in trouble because he went back. He went to Austin and had a bunch of pictures taken partying. And he keeps saying that Andrew keeps saying that Johnny went back to his college town and went back to his hometown. He's used both phrases. Austin is neither of those things. Uh, Johnny Manziel is not from anywhere near Austin. He didn't go to college at UT. He went to Texas A&M. He has no ties to the city. He just came here and partied. And yes, Johnny Football is a moron, but he's uh, he's not the moron who Andrew is portraying him to be. Fair enough. That's all. I, I, it's been sticking in my craw for weeks because Andrew keeps going back to that well. <laughs> well, they're going to let him start this week because they've got nothing better to do. I think they should let him go out there, you know, with a bottle in one hand and just take the snaps with his right hand and throw the ball, you know, like a like a real weekend like a, warrior. Like an Uncle Rico. Yeah. Right. right. <laughs> All right. Tuesday, 2006, Doctor Sorry. of Theradentistry, Andrew Right Eye Walsh. Mm. Uncomfortable. <laughs> Uncomfortable indeed. There's nothing like a good shower story from one of these guys. <laughs> I can't believe he likes the worst part of the shower the best. The worst part is when you have to get out and it's freezing cold and you have to dry yourself off. He said that was his favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in the shower for as long as and- possible, as you guys know, because we started the show 10 minutes late. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the. The discussion, the more pertinent discussion here was, uh, what's the, what's the situation? Do you get out of the shower to dry off or do you stay in the shower? And I, I had to say, I was sitting on the sidelines on this one because the shower that I use is, it's too small to dry off in. So I have to get out, but here's the trick. So you don't like wet down the whole room and ruin the mat for the next person. When you get in the shower, lay your clothes out, particularly the shirt you're wearing, lay that out over the mat and then get out, dry off on that. And then you 
go put that in the dirty clothes and the mat stays relatively dry. You don't have to ruin the bathroom for the next person, even if you have to dry yourself out, dry yourself after you get out of the shower. It's very thoughtful of you. Yes. Wise words. Thank you. I, I, I taught Colin that trick yesterday and he, he said it didn't work, but it, it actually did. <laughs> well, sometimes you just want to jump out and shake off and <laughs> right, go right, play catch. Right. right, right, right. But then your collar's red all day. You need to take your collar off before yeah, you so get in there. Uh, I, I'm not great about this. I start drying off in the tub, but then I sort of get out and... I don't know. We just swap out the bath mat a lot, so it's okay. Yeah. I Maybe I'm just an idiot. Maybe I don't know how to use a towel correctly, but I feel like I try to dry off my entire body. I'm sure everyone wants to hear this. It's good visuals. <laughs> I hope nobody's <laughs> eating right slower. now. <laughs> and uh, I feel like I'm still wet and the towel is wet and no one has won. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a hirsute man, Bobby? Uh, no, just... I don't know. Like, I just don't. Maybe I'm not pre-drying enough. Like, maybe I need to stand there and drip longer first. Oh, I don't know. right. Yeah, that you does need help. To get, you need to get a, um, oh, what is it? Ugh. Those, those towels. A those ShamWow? Towels. ShamWow, I need to yes. just use a, a, a bath sheet-size ShamWow. Mm-hmm. I always, what I wonder about the ShamWow, I've never had one. Like, let's say you had a bunch of ShamWows and... You used them or whatever, and then it was time to wash them, and then you put them in the washer. Doesn't the washer just explode because it <laughs> keeps absorbing all the Soaks water? Soaks up until... all the water. Yep. They're way too heavy. You put them in the washer, you'll never get them out. <laughs> They're like 40 pounds when the cycle's done. God damn it. Uh, Meredith, I don't want to leave you out of this shower to drying technique conversation. Do you have a method? I mean, <laughs> I, yeah, I guess I will grab my towel, run back into the shower and dry off um, so that the, the mat doesn't get too wet, but then I'll hang the mat okay. up. Oh, um, huh. but we also have a morning routine that doesn't clash at all. Since I work from home, I can take a shower uh-huh. at four in the afternoon and it doesn't, ma- you know, it's not going to upset Duff. Right. Um, it's not going to ruin his shower experience. If I get the mat wet. Right. Maybe this is why all those couples and house hunters always need like seven bathrooms. Well, we do have actually separate bathrooms. We can't coexist in a bathroom. So I use the upstairs one. He uses downstairs. Nice. I think that probably adds at least five years to the average marriage having separate. I think so. (laughs) Yep. We have separate bathrooms and we have separate top sheets and blankets. Really? Yes. That has been a key to probably the reason we've only, that's the reason we've been married for six years. That's incredible. That could be a lifesaver because we definitely have a blanket stealing issue and part of it's the cat's fault. Well, we don't even, we have a, only the dog is allowed in the room. She sleeps on her bed on the floor. Um, so that issue has been eliminated because she used to sleep in the bed with him and she's 75 pounds. Um, and that wasn't going to fly once I moved in. And what, what happens though, is that he is a burrito or um, just half, you oh, know, it's right. just a, like an involuntary thing. He, he will wrap himself up, tuck his feet into the blankets, and then I'm left shivering in the corner. Hmm. Um and he also sleeps diagonally across a king size bed. So I've I've created this this really intricate system of pillow blockades and sheets and blanket situations that have really saved us. He really put together a bachelor sleeping lifestyle. Yeah, he sure did, him, didn't he? Yep. He would just spoon with the dog all night. I'm taking notes over here. This sounds like a smart move. We have a queen size bed and I we bought it 
when it was literally the biggest bed we could fit in our crappy apartment. I think it's time the next bed. King size pad, pillow blockade. Got it. I like yep. it. I got a body pillow and I put it between us. It's very romantic. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. You got you're just one step ahead of the people from like the fifties who had the two beds. I think they were onto something, honestly. Yeah. Just push them together. Not from a prudish standpoint, but from a getting a good night's sleep standpoint. Yeah. No, I don't disagree, but it's a depressing thing to say out loud. Uh yeah. a little bit. <laughs> so yeah. Andrew has this sty under his eyelid and for I've lost count of the number of times we've needed to tell him to go see an eye doctor, but this is just <laughs> another time. Andrew, we know you listen, email me back. We will find you an ophthalmologist in LA. This is my wife's wheelhouse. We, we will, we will find you someone. Um, Luke was having a delayed Susieism. Which I wrote in my notes, but can't remember the context on. Something hmm. about him it's becoming more and more me. like Susie later in life. I don't know if it's being cheap or looking for a deal, a woohoo deal on something. Those are the only things we know right. about Susie, so that's pretty much the only He option. was probably defrosting his milk and just thought to himself, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm becoming my mother. Uh, I need a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> and we go into um, Doc their dentist, uh, Doc Dentopist talk. Mm. I still don't like either of those. Well, <laughs> right. You had you had one, Meredith. What was the? Yeah, I came up with Theradoctist. And that's it may sound good. like a dinosaur, but I don't think that's enough. <laughs> I, yes, right, because I found pictures of doctors, dentists, uh, dinosaurs. I wanted. I think right. it should be done in order of legitimacy of their qualifications and work. Mm -hmm. Therefore, doctor, dentist, therapist. And if we have therapists who and listen, chiropractor. All, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that way down at the other end is herbalist. Um, Homeopath. Yes. <laughs> right. Uh, doctist. Right. Uh, and speaking of fake doctors, uh, Dr. Burbankva on lessons in not using fake <laughs> names at hotels and on airline tickets. Here's one thing uh, that a brain doctor would never call themselves a brain doctor. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. I've discovered that over the last few months. They they don't call themselves brain doctors. Right. Nope. Yeah, you've sure met a lot of brain doctors recently, haven't you? I have. I've met an alarming number of brain doctors. Would you let Luke look at your brain? Oh, boy. Uh, no, probably just not. Just for no. a second opinion, just send him the MRIs. <laughs> sure. Here's what I didn't understand about that. He thought that putting doctor on his name might encourage an upgrade Whereas I think putting doctor on your name would just encourage a bigger tip expectation. Like if you're a doctor, you're just going to pay for the better hotel room if you want right. it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess if, if, uh, if you want some free upgrades or something, call your, call yourself a doctor without borders or something. Oh, and then they'll think, Oh, this he guy deserves oh. it. He does. Right. right. And that would make you an even bigger bit money. of scum. Of course. Of course. And, and, because Luke's plans always go wrong, it would be just like when the <laughs> golf ball got stuck in the whale's blowhole and they asked, is anyone here a marine biologist? And Luke 
would have to go, oh, shit, you know, someone would have a heart attack and Luke would have to step forward and like do some clumsy CPR right. on somebody. Um, I, I want to give props to the guy who hacked, not hacked, used Wikipedia to get backstage at that concert. That's Tuesday's top story. Um, mm. Well played. That's all I got. Did he change yeah. the Wikipedia page or did he just point out some name on the No, Wikipedia he like page? logged into it, changed it to add himself as a family okay. member and then That's showed awesome. it to the security guard. That is so yeah. awesome. I'm trying to remember. I don't know if I, this has come up, I think on the show before I was a notable person from Webster, New York on Wikipedia for a long time <laughs> as a, com- as you added yourself, as a competitive that. eating coach. <laughs> because because here's the thing the trick to getting on wikipedia and and having something that stays for a while is having it linked to another page like if you can give it okay. an air of legitimacy so you can't you mm-hmm. can't be like notable people robert pape supermodel with no proof because mm-hmm. an editor will come through and, and just erase that but if you say right. something fairly obscure, and I think it was like uh, competitive eating coach, and then I linked to the National Competitive Eating Organization, like oh, there's some videos <laughs> I don't want to see. Right? How would you disprove that? Like, you're not going to be in the little, in the spotlight if you're a coach. No. And they're not going to ask you to see your W two. Right. And so that know? road, it's not there now. I just went and looked. That road for a long time. Uh, unencumbered. You got Stubot up on his hometown yes. page, right? Uh, Hector, Minnesota, notable people. Uh, he's the only person on the list, and that is still there. I'm just looking now. Uh, Steve Newman, occasional sports and culture commentator for MinPost and Star Tribune Randball blog, and co-host of the sportive Minnesota's leading independent and competitive eating podcast. coach as well, right? And the trick there was that I linked the Star Tribune and the sportive. So mm-hmm. that'll ride. Yeah, also, it's well probably true. He probably is the most notable person from Hector, Minnesota. He's probably top <clears> 10. <throat> kind of like Luke and the Albanians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Celebra friends. Yeah. He wants to be friends with Nico Case. I don't blame him. Who doesn't? Friends with Nico but, Case. Yeah. If it's going to happen, it's going to happen, though. You can't force it. College Bobby would have wanted to sleep with Nico Case, but now I would probably take being friends with Nico Case. And mm-hmm. I realize there's a bit of an age difference, but I don't care. Um, I don't have any celebrities I really want to befriend other than the ones in the TBTL universe. Like, of course, I want to be friends with Pesca and... Uh, mm. Uh, you know, Chris Hayes. Chris Hayes. Yeah, sure. Sure. Phyllis. I feel like we, I You're feel like we kind of are Phyllis. friends with Phyllis, right? Mm-hmm. Phyllis mm-hmm. is our friend. That's not what she tells me. She, she says, You're you mean you guys, when you're at that dinner, you didn't invite me to? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we do a lot of stuff, me and Phyllis, and you guys are not invited, but. You know, maybe someday yeah, we'll work into that. What we need is she's like, it's like a nightclub. She needs a couple of friends to, to leave. And then maybe mm-hmm. we can get in. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. some velvet ropes around uh, me and Phyllis. You're not getting in. <sighs> Sad. Uh, there are more Christmas parties, not less. A- according to the uh, Seattle Times. I don't know that anything has changed that much. I I think 
big companies have always had some form of Christmas parties and they probably always will. I think where the drop off happened and I experienced this just in my own life and in my own um, career back in Seattle, we were a franchisee of a major company. We were uh, the Papa John's franchisee for Seattle and Portland. And we had, um, when things were, were going well, we were having parties and especially we would have, you know, Christmas parties and such. And then like in 2008, 2009, when the economy went in the shitter and our business went in the shitter, uh, we stopped. And I, I think where, where the parties did kind of stop, it was, it was back then. It wasn't really for social reasons. It was for financial reasons. But I think just for appearances, the big companies and the banner companies always has, have maintained doing the Christmas parties. It was just, I think on a, on a lower level, a lot of the Christmas partying dropped right. off, but I could be wrong. That's just um, my theory. I, think, I think you're probably, yeah. Right. We went to a party, uh, this past week, one of my husband's customers invited us and it was at a very nice restaurant and they made very sure to, to let us know that it was being paid for with airline points. <laughs> so they're, they're getting it done. They figured out a yep, way to get it that's done. That's actually, like and that. it was pretty lavish. They must've had a lot of, a lot of points. That's sure. actually funny. Cause I, first of all, anytime I've gotten to fly for work, I have kept all of my airline points. That's an interesting way to do oh, that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I work alone. For the most part, so I don't really get the Christmas party thing. Um, we had a listener write in about uh, was it Morgan Stanley holiday party with Morgan Morgan Stanley with no booze. To me, that smacked of avoiding an appearance of impropriety, like all these banks that got bailed out a few years ago, mm-hmm. uh, right. not wanting to throw like lavish drunken. Bacchanal parties, right? And look right. like, hey, thanks for your money, America. <laughs> that that was the that was the party that they showed the public. They had their own eyes wide shut <laughs> parties, right? <laughs> uh, and then we got a couple of really great uh, listener submissions, an email and a an audio thing. First, we had Ben Quick's um, audio journal, which was really cool, and. Luke could mm-hmm. be onto something. If Luke and Andrew just take more and more submissions like that, they would have to produce less and less TBTL show. Uh, and then there's this email. I missed who it was from because I was so wowed by the narrative of <laughs> Gary's mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I dated Gary's mom. Yeah, I think I knew Gary's mom. I think I, I saw Gary's mom at the bowling alley in Webster, New York when I was a kid. <laughs> She's got yeah. it going on. Uh, I think we should actually stop because Luke did a really good job reading this email. We should stop now and listen. Our clip of the week will be Luke reading the email about Gary's mom. All right. Last email. uh, And then we got to get out of here. I can hear, I could hear the construction um, of orcs happening, just of orcs happening just down the hall. It's going to get loud in a minute here. We've been talking about bowling alley bars, and uh, Andrew, you were saying that you aspire someday, if everything goes right, to spend more time in bowling alley bars. <laughs> but not bowl. Just no, go no, to no, the just... bowling alley bar as a destination of itself. In, a, in an attempt to meet Lindy West. <laughs> right. And um, listener Zach said, Andrew, a word of advice against hanging out in bowling alley bars. If you do this regularly, you're liable to meet my friend Gary's mom. Every time I went bowling while I was in high school, I'd be confronted by a half-in-the-bag Mickey. 
To picture Mickey, just think about the sort of woman who would be chain-smoking basic ultralight 100s while binge-drinking whiskey sours and would be nicknamed Mickey, all while in a bowling alley bar at 4 p.m. on a Wednesday in north-central Illinois in the mid-1990s. And you know exactly what sort of woman she is, or at least used to be. To be fair, I haven't seen Mickey in close to a decade. That said, it's my belief that all bowling alley bars are filled with my friend Gary's mom or women exactly like her, regardless of the time of day, time of year, or part of the country. Uh, and all of these Gary's moms are busy shopping for future stepdads for their Gary's. <laughs> I don't think you're Gary's stepdad material. First off, you're already spoken for. Well, he doesn't know about the whole Ent situation. Yeah, we'll but see. Yeah. <clears throat> First off, you're already spoken for, but more importantly, to be a future Gary's stepdad, you'd have to, number one, go by Andy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and think that anyone who goes by Andrew is a pussy or libtard. <laughs> Number two, you have to have a, a large collection of big naturals porno mags barely concealed under the living room sofa. Check <laughs> and check. Um, and uh, a third, let's see, you'd have to obtain most of your daily calories from bush light and skull bandits. Yeah, that's not that far from the truth, that one. And four for four, is Andrew ready to turn into a Gary's stepdad? You have to really, really, really like the band Fog Hat. <laughs> they did Slow Ride, I believe. That's all I know about Fog Hat. Uh, signed listener, Zach. I can't think of anyone who's more heartbroken about the decline of bowling alleys. <laughs> <laughs> I think, Andrew, there is a future for him as... Gary's stepdad. I, I think there there will come a day when um, Genevieve leaves him because she actually does want to have a baby. And she leaves him Mike. and he's got to go to the bowling alley and, and get another relationship going. And I, I could see, you know, if if you're willing to go to the bowling alley and stick your fingers in that dirty ball, you've got to be willing at least to <laughs> Don't talk Gary's about mom. Gary's mom like that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. I just, and this woman exists in every town. Uh, yeah. I grew up, like a lot of yeah. kids, going to the bowling alley intermittently, and it was the local place. And I told you guys earlier in the week, it was always smoke filled with cheap cigarette smoke. And these mm -hmm. people who are taking bowling just a little too seriously, like the mm -hmm. Gary's mom I'm thinking of had her own ball with their name on it and the wrist guard thing and. Sure. You know, her shoes and a personalized right. bag and shoes. Yeah, definitely. Right. Sipping Coors Light with ice cubes in it. <laughs> Out of a glass. Yeah. <laughs> I went to a public school and uh, so we were allowed to go. Our, our teacher would take us to the bowling alley for gym class. So that wow. was allowed to be gym credit. And uh, this was still, you, you could smoke in bars in Michigan until very recently. And so we would come back from fourth period reeking <laughs> of cigarette smoke. <laughs> we did that too. And I just remember it being a free for all. I mean, once we got there, there were no rules. Um, they had this ramp thing for people who couldn't like roll the bowling ball for whatever reason, where you would put it on this ramp and just push it down. And oh, I remember yeah. like grabbing that thing and screwing around with it instead of actually bowling. I remember wanting to get the lane with the bumpers up on it just to screw around. It's been a long time since I've actually been bowling. I think it's been a long time since I've been bowling without the bumpers because the last few times I bowled, it was with my <clears> nieces. And, you know, they had they would have the bumpers right. up and uh, 
We never least... had that when I was a kid. We used to go bowling all the time, and we just had to deal with our failure. <laughs> I know, I know. It's so sad. There would always be one person in the group that never hit a pin, just never got one. Well, you know, it's it's no participation trophies in bowling. You got to earn nope. it. I like it. Wednesday, 2007, be the Snohomie you want to see in the world. Andrew is getting ready to be a guest host, uh, filling in on Ron and Don on Cairo. And my first thought was, how desperate is Cairo that mm. their their bench leads to a former begrudging host who now lives in another city <laughs> and is broadcasting from his office in his apartment? Well, and Luke fills in all the time what what's the well, problem with that was he otherwise occupied right exactly i i guess i'm just and that's not meant to insult andrew he's perfectly capable and i think it's great for him and for us but like their short list is that short that they don't have like another host well, in seattle who they would pull that that's yeah that's the thing for me is um i i i think andrew's fantastic and I'm sure the show was really good, but it seems to go against everything that um, Cairo tries to do these days. Anything that like the consultants tell them to do to really connect with the city and the neighborhoods and the P1s mm-hmm. and shout out Bothell and Everett and Linwood. You got a guy in Koreatown in L.A. So I don't know. I mean, but they put Jason Rance on. They put like Fred, the news junkie. I mean, they they've burned through a lot of not very talented people. Right. So that, that tells me that when, when they have somebody's phone number, like Luke or Andrew, who actually has some talent, they've been using it pretty well, liberally. I, it, so it's, I'm happy to see him get the, it's one thing when K rock puts on, you know, when, when Bean Baxter is broadcasting from what he lives on fashion Island or something like, and he's yeah. on LA radio, but that's because he's a, he's a known character quantity like he's sort of earned that level of whatever to be able to do that and he probably has a real studio right, right? yeah he's got his own setup you know right and and k-rock is an entertainment show it's music and pop culture and all that it's you know cairo is seattle's news seattle sports seattle seahawks station right <laughs> i guess i just i thought it was funny I'm i'm glad they did it and he said Thursday that it went well, except for some connection issues. And I'm happy for him, but I just, there's gotta be some talent that could have actually just come into the studio. <laughs> As we talk about this from three know. different cities connected over a janky <laughs> recording. I, I mean, <clears throat> let me tell you about the depth of radio talent. This is something that happened yesterday. I got in the car to go to work and I'm listening to uh, Fox sports radio. It's a national network. And uh, the not the not the sidekick, but the the main guy, the host of the show, they were talking about the NFL MVP race, and they said that he was saying that the three main contenders up until a couple weeks ago were Tom Brady, Cam Newton, and Carson Palmer, and that uh, just over the last couple of weeks, Brady has struggled and kind of dropped out of it, leaving Cam Newton and Carson Palmer as probably the two leading MVP candidates, and this announcer. This host, he said, ironically, Palmer and Newton are both Heisman Trophy winners. And I thought, that's not really ironic because you win the Heisman Trophy for being really good at football. So 
it's not unexpected that you might be considered for an award for playing football <laughs> when you've already won an award for playing football. That see, there's not a lot of depth in the broadcast ranks, Bobby. There's there's a lot yeah, of terrible. Yeah, we should be getting on this. <laughs> Speaking of the ranks, we just didn't even fill Christie's chair this week, so I guess we're not yeah. one to talk. Um, nope. There was talk of Godfather Pizza and Herman Cain, and when the guys went to New Hampshire, I only wrote it down because if they come back to New Hampshire, I'll totally drive up there and harass them in person. So. I like the idea of that. Also, I've still never had Godfather Pizza because it's not a thing that's out this way. Is it in Texas? No, no. I don't yeah. think so. I've never had it either. I can't, I'm, I'm sure. No, it was a Midwest chain that came to Seattle. Okay. I'm sure I'm not missing anything. Uh, not, not upper Midwest. So you probably never saw it, Meredith. But no. It, it, you're not missing anything. It's it's not good. All right. <laughs> um. Luke sings along to Hip to be Square on a delay. That was fun. I liked it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I liked that Andrew made the point that that song is a lie. It is not Hip to be Square. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's not from a credible source because no one was actually hipper and less square than Huey Lewis was when he was singing right. that song. Everyone, mm-hmm. you know, women wanted Huey Lewis and yeah. men wanted to be Huey Lewis. And all he wanted was a new drug. Yes, and he probably got yeah. lots of them. How did intern talk start? I don't remember. I only remember Andrew saying he wanted to be Kanye's intern, and I thought, well, I'd watch that reality show. <laughs> Kanye would slap that shirt off him and say, you're not wearing this shirt. <laughs> oh, yep. No, I'd also watch that. The The cultural fusion alone would be well worth it. That could totally be a show on uh, I don't know, one of those terrible cable networks. Top story, that Wu-Tang album which I meant to write the name down of, but forgot once upon a time in Shaolin or something like that. Shaolin. Yeah. Uh, was bought by that douchebag who jacked up the price of that drug that they need in third world countries. Martin Scarelli. What a smug dick. Yep. I, when I first saw the story, I thought it was an onion story. I thought, didn't think it was real. Cause there's, it was that picture of that guy looking all, you know, <laughs> happy with himself. And, I just didn't buy it. And then I read it. I go, no, this is real. This is real. This is awful. Yep. Nope. He's one smug motherfucker. He, and he's working his way up the most notable Albanian American list. <laughs> I have no commentary other than the fact that this guy's a dick. Mm-hmm. And apparently, even just this morning, I saw on Facebook an article trending that he's bought another drug that poor people need and he's jacking up the price. Mm. So... Well, how does that work exactly? Because then you don't sell it, right? I think. Well, if it's the only option you do because they don't have a choice. But, but... if they're poor, the choice is they can't have well, it. Well, you sell so, it and insurance right. companies pay for it. And even if you sell half as much, but you sell it at 10 times the profit. Okay. You make. Well, and he, he obviously doesn't care if he, like these people die from parasites. Right. <laughs> <sighs> douchebag uh yeah listener email alicia has to go to an a mandated ugly sweater work party well she has to go to an ugly sweater work party or make the active choice not to is this the in the middle of the day probably i think that was implied yeah i have i went to one last year what'd you wear 
Ugh. This has I jumped like the, the shark. <laughs> this this idea has jumped the shark so hard. There's a there's actually a pop up store in Dallas that opens every December, uh-huh. and it contains only ugly Christmas sweaters and ugly Hanukkah sweaters. Mm-hmm. And so this was an, a work obligation, husband's work again. And so I didn't really have much of a choice. Uh, I have to be game for these sort of things. So a friend of mine went and we got our ugly sweaters and we played along. I mean, you know, it was just a bunch of dorky people wearing terrible sweaters. Right. It was awful. Right. I feel like it was funny when you were at a party and one guy showed up with this ridiculous sweater on and laughed at him and everyone took their picture with him. And that was like a notable part of the night. And now that it's been commercialized and quantified and everyone has to do it, you could be the funny person by showing up in like a nice shirt and tie. Yeah. (laughs) My problem with the thing is the sweater. I don't want to wear a sweater. Sorry. This came up last night. So Sam and I were at um, one of the bars I host trivia at. She's got a work thing in the spring and they've got a function room. We're going to rent out to do a dinner there. And it was Saturday, like early evening before the rush and all the bartenders were setting up and i i know everyone there so we were sitting in the function room which they open up for crowds on saturday night and everyone's just prepping and the manager was reminding all the staff that next saturday is mandated ugly sweater night for the staff they're gonna have a contest and two of the guy bartenders immediately said um I sweat gross in my black t-shirt that I usually host in. Yes. There's not a chance in hell I'm wearing a sweater behind the bar all night. And you know there's not an ugly sweater on earth made of a natural fiber. Right. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So I guess you give him permission to wear an ugly Christmas Mm t-shirt to sweat through, which will just be disgusting and gross. (laughs) Uh, I have a Christmas sweater Pictures exist on Facebook, and I will start wearing it again next week. I wear it for like three weeks every year. And it is a picture of a cat with bling saying Meowy Christmas. I do not think that it is an ugly sweater. I think it's like a stupid, funny sweater. And that's the intent with which I wear it. Uh, To be an idiot and look goofy. But I don't know that I'd wear it to an ugly sweater party because I don't think it qualifies. Mm Mm-hmm. You don't want to insult your right. sweater. <laughs> Luke compares this whole scenario to daytime karaoke, which I thought was an apt comparison. Forced, forced whimsy without booze. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the final advice from the guys ends up being either do it, don't do it, or do it and drink secretly. All of which are terrible choices. <laughs> uh, Those seem like the only three options. It's right? true. <laughs> so thanks for the advice. Yeah. You know that uh, the TBTL flask from like two or three yep. years ago, mm-hmm. uh, when I got it, not unlike getting a, a loot crate, my TBTL merchandise just gets crammed into drawers and the flask is still like sitting in the drawer where I keep my wallet and keys and like Emily will go to grab my keys or get something out of my wallet or something and she will always take note that I have a flask <laughs> that's like right there in my ready to go place <laughs> got my car keys like, got well, my yeah. flask ready to go <laughs> if i think it's going to be a particularly tough shift i just take the flask and if it's going to be a particularly slow shift you can take your tbtl playing cards so yeah oh, yeah that's true play a little solitaire <laughs> have a nip uh this episode ended with christmas in prison the john prine song 
And I forget if we've asked you about this before. If I remember correctly, you've been to prison. Uh, briefly. Right. Really. Just Brief. for just Five for a most of the nineties, like a, a lion chair of the nineties, right? Five years and less is actually in prison lingo called a minute. Okay. See, I didn't know that. We'll have to so, take your uh, word. Yeah. I was in for a minute. We could probably do a whole episode of not Little Red Bandwagon just asking you what Christmas in prison is like. But what I'm really wondering is if this song ends up getting played and people cry. Uh, no, um, they're this, they don't play music over the PA system like you know, like when, Shawshank. Uh, Andy Dufresne breaks into the warden's office and plays the, <laughs> the opera. So there's no real, really, all you get is announcements like ten minute rec move, attention on the compound, lockdown, things like that. You don't get uh, you don't get any John Prine. So I wasn't even aware of. Uh, that song when I was in prison had it been I, I don't know I, I just wasn't aware of it I, I didn't hear it until maybe three or four years ago that's too bad it's actually a really beautiful song it is mm-hmm. it is well all right then yeah Christmas in prison is it's pretty bleak um, not a lot of decorations surprisingly yeah um, they don't uh, give you tinsel and meal. candles no no well, there's, there's always uh, yeah um yeah, uh, there, there's a special meal, like involving ham or turkey or something like that, usually, and it's pretty edible, and it's one that everyone shows up for and will horse horse trade for. If uh, if you're not that into the meal, you can get a lot of groceries for letting someone have your meal. Um, it's uh, the visiting room is open, and people, you know, their families come, and but uh, I never asked my family to come to prison on christmas so i never really had any sort of celebration when i was down well if you need something uplifting to listen to after listening to mike tell you how depressing his prison christmas experience was i didn't do a good job of this at the top of the episode but the the latest episode of little red bandwagon that you just heard come down the feed was uh, me and christy talking to stephanie lee about Christmas carols and the episode of TBTL where Luke, Jen and Sean did their top five and the mashup of their favorite contemporary Christmas carols. So go back and listen to that. If you need to pick me up because it's really funny and Stephanie was a delight and despite being Jewish loves Christmas. And so that was fun (laughs) to poke at. Uh, Yeah. She probably gets a lot more done with Christmas. Than uh, than people in prison. Yes, and, or even being Jewish, she has a, a better, more fulfilling yeah. Christmas. And I and I never said my my Christmases in prison were depressing. I it never really got me down. I am sort of socially phobic about you know being with my family during the holidays and stuff like that. I'm not. It it doesn't fill me with joy. It fills me kind of with uh, something other than joy. So, right. So. Um, didn't bother me that much. I love my family, but, um, the holiday dynamics sometimes. Yeah. Not my And when all of those warrants from Michigan catch up with you, Eminem, when they find you hiding in Dallas, you'll have to tell us all about your, uh, prison Christmas experiences. Yeah. I can never go back there. Yeah. And we cannot afford Adnan Syed collect calls to keep you on this podcast yet. So, (laughs) (laughs) 
It does. It does really add audio yeah. texture when you get a call from prison when you hear it on the radio or on a podcast. It's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, I haven't listened to the first serial yet with the Bo Bergdahl stuff, but um, I feel like. Oh, you mean uh, you mean Dateline NPR has started up <laughs> Dateline for rich people. I feel like that intro music's great, but it won't be the same without that that uh, prison collect call message at the beginning of it. Yeah, yeah. So. that that hooked you. And they sure. changed the song a little bit too. Oh no, it's a bit different. Well, I guess they'd have to, but this is going to be just like the second season of um, uh, True Detective. True Detective, yeah. <laughs> oh. Rough. Uh, Thursday, twenty oh eight, spinning into control. Luke can't find a garbage can in Chicago, and that's newsworthy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what was that? He tweeted that, about that, it I too. Did, I think it was on the run sheet. Yeah. He was really upset. Uh, and my favorite part was the response on this dense page from people in Chicago being like, there are garbage cans on every corner. <laughs> right. Uh, someone did post that I guess they took away a bunch during the G8 because they were worried that people would start throwing them. Right. The people from Eugene, Oregon would come into town and throw them through the Starbucks window. Mm -hmm. like they right. Do. And then... That's that. That's how I. That's how they really turned me around to their point of view. I really want to listen to a guy who throws a gar garbage can through a plate glass window. Oh, really? What do you have to say on on global warming now? I'm really interested. <laughs> how about a guy who will never forgive the CEO of Starbucks, but still now prefers Starbucks? Jesus, fucking Christ! It, it wasn't that long ago that he was uh, boycotting Starbucks, and now he's walking past all other coffee shops to go to Starbucks. I'm through with them. This, this is a, this is, we need front. to find a new podcast to recap that. I definitely, <laughs> definitely. We're going to do the Mark Mahan or whatever. His name is. We're going <laughs> to start doing his show. Uh, Intelligentsia coffee in Chicago. Delicious line out mm -hmm. the door, but it moves fast. Every time I was in Chicago, I've to Chicago a couple of times. I went to Intelligentsia each time I was in town. It's right near where he was staying. Uh, and I'm almost 100% sure the owner of Intelligentsia didn't steal the Sonics <laughs> and take them to Oklahoma City. Yeah, he's been trying to put bids in on the Seahawks, but but it's just not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I'll continue to drink his coffee until <clears throat> until the moving trucks take the Mariners. Uh I only bring up the conversation about side kickers because uh, I liked that Andrew referenced <laughs> the pre 9-11 Arby's. <laughs> Everything changed at Arby's after that. <laughs> it, did. it did. We no longer felt safe in our own Arby's. Nope. Um, they attacked our very way of Arby's. <laughs> oh, God. Lanyard talk. This has come up before. Mm-hmm. This made me really mad. I think mad. everybody had a point. <laughs> I, well, no. I think Luke was really? very funny. It, his rant was really funny. And it, it was, you know, had some truth to it. But also the come, the email comeback was good, too. I mean, that lady had a point. Yeah. Well, you had don't lots of points. wear them for... The, ugh, it made me so mad. I was so mad during this discussion. Maybe it was funny, but... You don't wear a lanyard for security. It's not because like they've checked you for bombs and then they give you a lanyard. It's it's so they make sure you paid for the thing because it costs thousands of dollars. Right. 
Well, sometimes it is a little bit of security too, though. Like if you go to uh, conferences as a franchisee, um, a lot of the information that they give you there, um, other other companies would like to have. True. And you know, it's not that it would be so hard to sneak in if you wanted to. If you were someone from Domino's or Pizza Hut and you wanted to get into the Papa John's meeting and find out what the marketing plans were for the next year and a half, it wouldn't be that hard. But but you know, you've got to show your got to show your lanyard to get in. Just you know, I don't know. I, it's, the lady was right that it's mostly for like networking and knowing which stupid breakout session you need to go to and. You know, so you can identify the people you want to talk to and all that. Mm -hmm. She made a point, but I thought Luke was very funny. I'm not going to be too mad about it. The few times I've been to conferences where I've had the lanyard, I think it's mostly come in handy after a few drinks when I'm really bad at remembering names of people I just met (laughs) and being able to refer to people by name. And, and, you know, eventually just going through that stack of business cards I got back and shooting emails and making sure I connected with LinkedIn on everyone and then never talking to them again, Mm -hmm. but they served a very immediate purpose. Don't you, don't you find it a little awkward too, though? Like when you are in conversation with someone who you you should know their name, but you don't, and they've got the lanyard and you're making conversation with them and you keep waiting for them to look away for a second so that you can look down (laughs) At their, at their chest, particularly if it's a lady, it's awkward because you you need to look at their chest, but you got to wait for them to look away. Right. And I, it's an awkward few moments that I don't like having, but it is nice that the information's available to you if you you know are willing to look at the lady's <laughs> chest. Uh, we can continue the awkward body part talk by talking about how you get work done in Marriott hotels now that they're eliminating the desks. What the fuck is that? Are they it, really? Uh, there's, yeah. I don't know. I, a desk is like the one thing in a hotel room that you can be reasonably sure isn't covered in semen. Like, right. I don't want them to go away. I, you can clean those things. Right. I'm not sitting in that chair. Yeah, I'm a fan of anything that's um, not absorbent in a hotel right. room. Right. <laughs> I actually like it when you go into a hotel room and the chair is like hard plastic or at least um, yep. like a vinyl fake leather material. Anything you can run a Clorox wipe over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We recorded the podcast in Seattle from my hotel room because my room had a little more room and a desk. And so we actually had something like we pulled it away from the wall and used it as a table to record at, we wouldn't have been able to do like, we would have had to bad enough letting Mike McCauley into my hotel room. We would have had to all like, would have had to cuddle, sit on the bed together. <laughs> Never sit on a bed with Mike McCauley. No kidding. Uh, it's bad enough that, that Marcy was doing some doctoring on Joellen on my bed. Uh, oh, I heard yeah, that. It, yeah. Yeah. Joellen had a, had an ear problem. Yes. And Marcy did some sort of maneuver on her that required climbing on top of her laying face down on my bed. And then she treated her ear. And then I had to have them change the sheets. Yep. Yes. Uh, Yeah, I always use the desk. And this got me thinking about priorities. Luke says he would take the TV over the fridge on a three-night stay if he had to pick one. Am I the only person who's Mm. the polar opposite? I almost never Uh. turn on the TV, so I'm with you there. I don't want to touch the remote. Again, speaking of things mm-hmm. that are covered in semen. 
Right. I, I guess I would go fridge. Yeah. For a longer right. stay. Uh, I usually like to hit a grocery store when I get somewhere and buy some Diet Coke and believe it or not, a vegetable platter or bowl or something. Because I'm going to eat crap <laughs> everywhere else. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I want to just be able to have a, like a Gatorade, a cold Gatorade in the morning after I've probably made some sort of mistake the night before. Definitely. And also you have your laptop with you, right? Always. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that your yeah. TV? If you're going to watch TV, don't you just want to watch something on Netflix anyway? Uh, I guess that depends on your hotel Wi-Fi situation. Uh, that's a good point. But still, yeah, I never turn on the TV. Uh, we did watch football. I don't football. spend enough time. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's one thing. I just don't ever spend enough time in the hotel room. I don't usually, you know, you go there to go to sleep and then you're you're right. out doing whatever. On to rollerblades. Wow, this episode was jam-packed. I don't want to skip over this conversation about cigarette butts and trash. Oh, right. Because I'm starting to get a picture of the ideal world that Luke and Andrew would create, given their opinions. And it would consist of like the adorably mentally ill people driving our buses and financially insolvent water parks, as far as the eye can see, dotted with like literal dumpster fires from people just throwing their cigarettes into trash cans. Oh, I hope that if anyone ever creates a podcast about our podcast, that's the clip of the month. It's you describing <laughs> Luke and Andrew's dream world. <laughs> I like I the landscape of insolvent water parks and dumpster fires. <laughs> <laughs> they could help each other out, but I doubt they would. That's true. <laughs> yeah, they could really balance things uh, and mm-hmm. turn it into one giant insurance write-off. I, I guess throwing them in a garbage can is still better than littering. But I, I, it is, and you can put them uh, out on the ground and then put them in the trash. It's not that big of a deal. Right. There's a two-step maneuver there. You get to bend over and put it out and then get back up and throw mm-hmm. it out. Make sure it's not on fire anymore. Right. I, being a non-smoker, I don't really know. I've never had that problem before. Of course, if you would just vape, then this is a non-issue. Oh, God. <laughs> well, yeah. Here, here's my solution. Stop smoking, you idiots. Yeah, yeah. that's a good one. Could everyone just stop smoking? It's really stupid. So I went to a bar. I went to a bar yesterday, you guys. Were they allowed smoking? No. Yeah. Did they call themselves like a cigar lounge or something? No, it was called Champs with two P's. It's where we had the trivia thing. And there was a bar, I mean, fully open to the rest of the restaurant. You had to go walk over to the bar as if it made any difference and smoke there. It was awful. I had to burn my clothes when I got home. In Seattle, they won't even let you bring your child into the bar, which we learned while we were trying to find places to eat with Ellie while I was in town. I mean, I guess other people knew that, but it surprised me that like if a bar, if a restaurant had a bar, it was very complicated to find out if kids could go in. Hmm. And in Texas, you can still smoke if you're over at the bar. Well, it's 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 city by city, so <clears throat> it depends on exactly where you are. Rights issues, city by city. All right. And they probably don't let that fly in Austin. It's surprising what does fly in and around Austin. There are places you can, well, obviously you can bring your gun and then you can just bring booze into restaurants, Mm -hmm. some Mm. restaurants too. Uh, I sort of uh, glossed over who sits where in the hotel room and in what positions to do various work. Um, I'm okay with that if you are. I don't want to talk about body parts anymore. Depends on what kind of work we're talking about. Luke pulled Laika correctly, the dog that went to space. I just wanted to give him credit for that. Uh, and 
Then we go to rollerblade talk. Andrew's gonna rollerblade. Or inline skate. Did we get corrected that rollerblade's a proper noun? Yeah, it's a trademark term. Yeah, just like those TBTL flying discs we got a couple of years ago. Sure. <laughs> Not licensed by the Whammo Corporation. The communion wafers. Uh, Luke's advice to Andrew I thought was really uh, important. Don't get the cheapest possible. I disagree. I disagree. Get the cheapest ones because they'll fall apart immediately and you'll never have to roll a blade again. <laughs> you'll have two broken wrists, so you'll never be able to roll a blade again. Fewer people will see you rollerblading because the rollerblades will break. You'll have to get, get your unicycle out of the garage. <laughs> right. Slap that ferret on your shoulder and go do your Tai Chi at the dog park. <sighs> so the cheapest affectation possible. Yeah. What did you guys think about the, this Christmas song that they went out with today? Do you remember it? I remember turning it off. Yeah. <laughs> I, it, it was scary. It was like a Krampus song. <clears throat> I'm looking it up now, the name of it. I'm going back to check the, uh, the knife reindeer. It sounded like Bjork. I don't know who, I don't know anything about it, but it sounded a little bit like Bjork and it was spooky. Yeah. So far the Christmas polls have not been, I, well, Christmas in prison oh. was good. I don't want to slam all of them, but it's been a little rough. What's, what's going on with um, people trying to make Christmas scary now? Are we bored with having it be fun and be warm and merry <laughs> and, and fun? Like, it seems like everyone's trying to make Christmas into another Halloween now. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I used to have friends in college who joked about Krampus and I didn't really know anything about it. And so I just moved on. I guess this year that movie is coming out. So maybe it's a viral groundswell. Well, I just don't think we need images of murderous Santa Claus, you know, <clears throat> filtering down to, to our kids. Yeah. They, they barely believe in Santa Claus as it is. Let's not have them believing in a murderous Santa Claus. Right. Um, I guess we'll just tell Will to tell Aiden not to listen to this episode. No, no, Aiden, if you're listening, Santa Claus is real and he's not very murderous. Not very murderous. Not very. <laughs> I don't want to get into that anymore. <laughs> uh, I just, I think it's unfortunate that the three of us who aren't parents, I mean, Christy's not a parent, but she's, she's sort of a responsible adult in the life of Ellie now. Uh, we don't have anyone here who can weigh in on that. I was thinking we could get into a whole conversation about philosophy of raising children with Santa versus Krampus. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, love versus right. fear as far so, as parenting goes. Uh, but we can save that for another time. Friday, 2009, a pickleball of ellipses. I guess the lesson to start is I didn't know what pickleball was. You no. didn't? I have never heard of it either. My dad had a pickleball court. I think you're all lying. I think you're all making this up. <laughs> <laughs> this is just like bearing like, stain bears. I, this is just another one of those things that has been flashed back into life but never actually existed. Guys, guys, pickleball is fun. And the reason it's fun is because it's exactly like ping pong, but you're standing on the table. Last time I tried that, I broke the table and was really drunk. <laughs> you're standing on a much sturdier table than you're used to. Let's just say that. Because now, it's on the ground. I'm looking at the Wikipedia page and it says updated 10 minutes ago by M. Frizzell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was a competitive pickleball coach. It also says that you're the brother-in-law of one of the guys in Peking Duck. Yeah. Mm. That part is a lie. <laughs> 
Uh, so I so it's sort of like uh, tennis and ping pong and I, I so yeah you hold a it big looks like foursquare to me with a net yeah yeah it's kind of like foursquare okay. right no we never did this we played no we played lacrosse and Ooh. and I'm trying to think about like elementary school and middle school gym class we went bowling obviously. We bowling we did badminton yeah uh broom ball we played broom ball which is regional yeah we had some broom ball action yeah. up in the sure. north well you're close enough to canada yeah yeah we played a lot of street hockey yeah uh with the inline skates or did you play in in flat feet <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh inline skates Let's see there you go game on uh yep i'm trying to think yeah nothing weird yeah broom ball was the only I think exotic one to our region. My Canadian ancestors actually played broomball on ice when they were kids. Mm. Uh, but yeah, this pickleball thing was completely new to me. Well, it is pretty fun. If you ever get a chance to play, it's easy. It's fun. It's simple. There's sarcasm confusion here. And this is a theme of the week. Uh, these guys going down a spiral of sarcasm with one another, not knowing when something's a joke and when something's not. <laughs> Andrew thinks that Luke made up pickleball. Isn't this mostly on Andrew's side? He doesn't know when Luke is joking and when he isn't. Right. I think that's how it's gone. Right. <laughs> it's just the naivete of Andrew. Well, in his defense, I thought he was making up pickleball too. I still do. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't convinced me. Um, you know who was convincing? Uh, the hobo who shined Luke's suede shoes. <laughs> Why would you get your suede shoes shined by a stranger? <sighs> Luke has an issue with um, in a discomfort with with race relations with shoe shines, but apparently not with class distinction in shoe shines. <laughs> because he has no problem letting a bum shine his shoes on the street. <laughs> <laughs> He he never got got enough more funnier lines than he did on Friday. Yeah. He was pretty much on fire when he wasn't being misunderstood. Like he was describing his shoes. He says he looks looks like he should be giving away a chocolate factory. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was great. <laughs> he was a nightmare dandy. Yep. <laughs> I mean, he was killing me with these throwaway lines. Yeah, yep. Uh we used to have a guy when I worked in Buffalo, I managed a coffee shop in downtown in the, in sort of the club strip district. Uh, for a little while, or it was a shift manager. I don't want to overstate my coffee credentials, but I would close a lot. And one of the regular bums we'd have to chase out, not the Easter masturbator, um, was a guy who we just <laughs> called shine guy because he walked around with a whole kit. He had the wooden box to put your foot up on and he had brushes and he had, I don't know, all the other crap. Um, but but he just looked terrible and he smelled worse and he was so <laughs> annoying. I don't think I ever once saw him actually shining anybody's shoes. So I think Luke's just the biggest sucker on the line. Oh, mm -hmm. most definitely. Well, the what it put me in mind of is it's not it's not so much a race thing. It's a class thing. It's a it's an uncomfortable thing. There are a lot of pedicabs here in Austin. It's mostly white guys that do it. And I just would never get on one of those things because it's just, uh, I'm going to pay another dude to like haul my fat ass around 
Wouldn't you, you feel know? like a pharaoh? On a, <laughs> no, like people I feel like a carry you on a shoulder. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, not popular here, so I guess it's not an issue for me. Boston, I think, because of all the cobblestone and all the crappy little oh, streets, yeah, I'm pretty sure that. you would you would bust your ass up pretty good as a pedicab <laughs> <laughs> driver. Yeah. Um, all I know is the quality of my Uber drivers has gone down significantly because now they're all just the cab drivers. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. They just jumped over to Uber. That seems to be happening all over the country. People are complaining a lot about Uber right. drivers these days. Andrew doesn't like Microsoft anymore. Welcome to the club. Yeah, really? That's about time. Um, oh, yeah. Back to the shoe shiner. Give him 20 bucks. I guess I would have just given That's... him five dollars to not touch my shoes if I was in that awkward of a situation. <laughs> he it, probably... well, it seemed like he got into it a little too fat. Like he didn't really think it through, and all of a sudden this guy was ruining his right. shoes. And once the guy's actually on your shoes, I don't think you can get out of it for five. Bucks. I guess that's true. Uh, but twenty dollars is more than a real shoe shine. Yeah, uh, and he probably didn't have anything smaller. That was my guess. <laughs> um. You should get your shoes signed, guys, by the way. Don't listen to Luke. First, not your suede shoes. If you have suede shoes, you should just brush them once in a while and put them away. Yeah. I shined my Merrells yesterday. They nice. terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the Skechers that I wear most days, I don't shine. But uh, I have worked with people, because I worked in the fundraising world a little more directly before I do now, I worked with a lot of women of a certain age who consider themselves fancy. And when they would interview guys, especially, they would specifically comment on things like whether or not their shoes were cleaned up. If their shoes were scuffed, mm -hmm. they considered that like a like a, a telltale sign of a guy who didn't pay attention to detail. Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, would they some, sometimes be so astonished at the state of your shoes that their monocle would fall down and break? <laughs> I oh, know these were more power suit sassy women than rich old blue hairs. Okay, different yeah. different group. I talked to the blue hairs too. That was mostly taking them out for coffee and lunch, tea, things mm -hmm. like that. They would probably also be appalled if they could see that far. <laughs> yeah, well, they might be able to see your shoes better when they go down on the fainting couch. <laughs> uh, but there is a time and a place to get your shoe shined, and that time and place is usually in the airport waiting for your flight. That's the time mm -hmm. to do it. Okay. Uh, Luke took a rickshaw to the Second Avenue Deli right before he recorded one of our favorite episodes from the TBTL archives uh, with Wynn Rosenfeld and Mike Pesca and Dan Pashman. And I posted a link to the Stens page. I'll put it up at the LRB page too. That's an episode that we recently broke down just a couple of months ago on the LRB Friday show way back when it was a Saturday show. Uh, with listener Charlie, the Hawaii 10. So just a quick commercial for us. If you want to hear that episode, it's a really good one. It's one of my favorites. Uh, go look at the posts. We'll get that back up and out there. Uh, Luke is getting the undies for Susie. We talked about that. Um, and our top story is the the Bowie Bergdahl cereal. <laughs> uh, didn't... Didn't Andrew saying Bowie Bergdahl betray that he had not actually listened to the show? I think he said he didn't. Because Luke said that they 
had both listened. Well, well didn't he, he? I thought Andrew Was had he... listened to a few the first few right. Minutes. Luke uh, Andrew backpedaled later and said that he had listened, which makes it even more egregious that he had said Bowie instead of Bo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't listened yet, so I have no opinion yet. I, uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, Meredith, have you listened? It sounded like because you knew the music had changed. Yeah, yeah. I listened to it as soon as it came out. And I mean, I was a big fan of Serial, the first episode. So uh, it kind of goes without saying that I was a big fan of this one. So I, d- I did really like it. It was good. Good. I do plan to listen to it. I enjoyed the first season of Serial, too. Um, we love murder shows over right. here. And it's it's a good murder show. Uh, hopefully this will inspire another spoof of some kind from the from the guys. You'll be happy to know right. that the the male Kemp kid is still in the intro. Oh, good. Yeah. I can't wait for the season when they investigate whether or not the male Kemp kid is guilty of murder. Because <laughs> I'm sure the fame is going to his head. Uh, he'll be an E! True Hollywood story in no time. Mm-hmm. Uh, text messages ending with a period makes them seem mean, according to friends from my cousin alma mater because i went to buffalo suny school binghamton university another suny university uh i write my texts in complete sentences almost always so apparently everyone just thinks i'm a dick i don't know how fragile of a flower are you that you can't handle okay period that seems crazy <laughs> i like i appreciate good pun- uh, punctuation though so i'm in the minority i guess i guess i'm there i think you. meredith wasn't we were over at your house and I, I sent a text to Ashley or or someone about when we were going to be and I when we were going to be arriving and I said period or question mark or whatever in, into my phone um, because you can do that and mm-hmm. it, and it punctuates. And why not? I why, don't know. why do we have to look stupid in front of other people? Is, is this mandated now that we must dumb ourselves down? I also I kind of disagree with the overuse of exclamation marks. I think it I think that makes you sound a little bit vapid and stupid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think we're all on the same page here. Uh, and if anyone has a problem with it, they can send us a a poorly punctuated missive that we will ignore <laughs> and immediately judge you for being an idiot. Emily calls the exc- exclamation points excited marks, <laughs> and I I try to go by you know if am I excited. Well, then I'll put an excited mark. Am I not excited? Am I faking excitement? No excited mark. Yeah. Although I am with Luke on the Oxford comma. I always use that. Yeah, really? of course. Oh, yeah. Really? You guys are Oxford comma people? Absolutely. I knew there was something I didn't like about you. Either of you. <laughs> My monocle just fell out hearing you say you don't like the Oxford comma. <laughs> Email from Justina. We talked about that. The lanyard's good for networking. Uh, Wait, don't skip the jazz roll. Uh, I was trying to for your sake. Well, I, I blacked out, so I don't remember how it came up, but I wanted to just acknowledge it, that it happened. I think the lesson was you got to learn how to play the instrument before you can make it sound bad. And I don't remember how we got to that point. <laughs> <laughs> I can get behind that. <laughs> uh, yes, that was a jazz roll. Just for you, Meredith. Oh, thanks, Andrew. Just a little bit of duff. I don't get enough of that in my real life. Uh, I forget where it came up in this episode, but it's worth noting that... Oh, right. Punctuation. Because someone who's really bad at it, but we forgive him because he's charming and chiseled now is Mike Pesca. 
<laughs> now, do we know if he's still chiseled? That picture was taken over a year ago, and clearly he had worked out and gotten ready for that picture. I feel like he's dining out on that picture right now. I need to see a currently ripped Mike Teske. Well, there have been a couple of different ones because there's the picture of him with the bottle of Jameson that made the rounds a while ago. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm just Google image searching Mike Pesca now, which I'm excited. Um, <laughs> there's a more recent one. Somebody You, you like Mike Pesca a little too there's much. There's no such thing Bobby. as liking Mike Pesca know, a little too much. Um, there's a picture that somebody posted on the Stens page that's different than that. That's another one where he's looking mighty fine. Yeah, uh, it may have all been in the same shoot. That's though. true. Never sure. And speaking of Mike Pesca being ripped, they were talking about how terrible he is at interpersonal communication, particularly email. And I've gotten some of those emails from Mike Pesca, and it's usually very late at night. So he might be ripped in another <laughs> sense when he's sending, <laughs> he's drinking that Jameson, he's answering all his emails from a bunch of dummies, and he doesn't want to spend more than 10 seconds doing it. And uh, it's just very sloppy work. That's true. So you don't think it's just that he's on his way to the gym? <laughs> well, Can't be he bothered. He could be working out and drinking. I don't know. <laughs> uh, housekeeping. Uh, we'll do our best Christy impression here. Uh, thank <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for helping with the archive project. I think we are inching closer to Christy's goal for the end of 2014. I don't have the numbers in front of me because she and Jeremy keep that in a whole series of spreadsheets that I only have limited access to um, for the common good. But you are appreciated. And I know after a certain number of weeks, we're giving away stickers and stuff. So if you need Christmas presents, but you're broke, start archiving and we'll take care of you. Oh, Christy told me uh, one thing to bring up at this point about the archiving. She said, um, all the awards are in place. You know, you get your stickers, you get your recognition, all that. Um, there's the flip side of that is if you purchased stickers and you were assigned a week of archiving and never did it, we are going to fly to your city and take away <laughs> your stickers. So get on that. You don't deserve That's them. That's right. No. Uh, keeping the money. Right. Well, obviously. And with that, we'll tell you how you can get involved. You can find those stickers if you just want to buy them, or you can talk to us and find all of our episodes at littleredbandwagon.com. On Facebook, we're at Little Red Bandwagon. You'll also find us making occasional timely appearances on the Stens page. On Twitter, I'm at RLPape, Mike, Drew McFrizz, Meredith Mahan. Is it Meredith underscore Mahan with no Y? Uh, not with us this week. I think she should be home from Mexico by the time this airs. So send her your love at Kissy Eyes, K-I-S-S-I-E-Y-E-S. That's Christy. She was there with Jeremy at Dadstronaut. Jeremy, who went to an all-inclusive resort with booze in the room, easier to find than water, uh, and uh, uh, chooses not to drink. So I'm sure I'll have stories of watching all the drunk people at the resort. I look forward to that. Show Twitter is at LRB Podcast. Uh, and you can email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Leave us a voicemail or a text at 802-432-TBTL. That's 802-432-8285. Uh, and just uh, in general, keep your eyes on the Nerd Out Loud uh, podcast feed. Because things are yes. happening there. Something special is coming. Just in time for the holidays. Uh, 
This is when I usually say, and with that, Christy, get us out of here. I hadn't really thought about how to handle this. I could try. You want to you wanna try Christy's line? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stretch, warm up, do what you need to do. Until next time, this is the next party. We love you, Jen. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Yeah, never wait for Kate. Yeah, because he's really gross. So don't yeah, wait for him. You can do better. Nailed it. Alright, kids, that was good. That was fun. I miss Christy. That was my first shot at Christy voice. I hadn't actually rehearsed it. it yeah, was it was pretty good. Sometimes it's better to just learn by doing. <laughs> I didn't think you had upper range like that, but clearly you're yeah. talented. <clears throat> I was in choir as a child. <laughs>